Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our Wonder Women in Business podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is moving and meaningful, compelling. Today's guest I'm so excited to welcome is Kimya Johnson of Ogletree Deacons. Kimya, thank you for being here today. You have such a colorful story. I can't wait to share it with the world. Yes, I'm so happy to be here, uh, Susan, and I'm looking forward to sharing more. Awesome. Well, why don't you start with telling us all a little bit about yourself, or a lot. <laughs> sure. So, um, yes, I'm, so I'm Kenya Johnson. I have been um, an employment lawyer for, I guess, almost 20 years now. Um, my career, I think, has been a pretty interesting one um, because I have um, practiced as uh, actively practiced law and representing clients in all aspects of uh, employment law. Um, but I have also had the opportunity to be a practitioner and to serve as a, a director of diversity and inclusion and really be um, at the front lines of making a lot of the strategic planning and the vision um, become a reality. Um, so what I uh, do now is I marry both worlds. I um, really have an opportunity to help um, companies and organizations of, of all sizes to be able to uh, implement, build, uh, execute legally compliant, as I like to say, um, diversity and inclusion initiatives. So it's really a passion of mine. I love um, what I do. Um, in addition to that, um, my career, I am um, the mom, the proud mom um, to three um, children, um, Miles, who's 18 and just started his own journey. He, we just brought him to college, so he's a freshman in college, so keep me in your thoughts. Wow. Um, <laughs> I get it. Uh, <laughs> same thing right now. Same thing. Same thing. Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Somebody should have told me more. I said, boy, that has been a new life journey, let me tell you. Um, and we also have two um, um, beautiful daughters, uh, Layla, who's 14, and Lena, who's 12. So, you know, I wow. have one in college, one in high school, and one in middle school. You are a busy, busy woman. I mean, that alone, <laughs> I had to, you know, pick my jaw up off the ground. That's amazing. Yeah, so um, so it is is a very active time, um, definitely in my house. Um, so that's for sure. I don't know how you do it all. I know that there is. Um, well, first of all, I know a lot of lawyers. That's my background in the world in which I have worked for eighteen years. But I've never known one who focuses specifically on the um, effort to create inclusive diversity. A lot of firms focus on D and I, but they forget the I. Uh, so I love yeah. that you do that. I, it's just so admirable. We need more use in the world and we need more people who operate out of a sense of curiosity about the other versus, oh, she doesn't fit in here or he doesn't fit in here or what have you. Well, tell me a little bit more about what do you do when you're not practicing law? Oh, so I have a whole, um, well, I guess I can go many different directions, but I'll talk <laughs> about this. So I um, am married to um, uh, a man who has been called to ministry. He's a pastor. Um, we've been married for, um, oh, 22 years now. Um, and he uh, has been on, as I like to say, the journey of ministry, which has taken many turns as far as it's, it's, 
um, obviously religious, but it's a social justice, civil rights, a lot of advocacy, community advocacy um, is involved with a lot of the work um, that he does. Um, and where I find myself outside of work is usually at uh, Dare to Imagine Church. We launched a church um, in our home. Wow. Oh, about wow. I guess about and five years ago. Me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it's, it's a lot. That, let's just take a pause right there to say how incredible that is. I've never had a guest be able to say those words. That's incredible. Um, and say again the name of the church because I love this. Say it again. So the church is called Dare to Imagine. Um, dare to imagine. And really the premise of it is, is that, you know, we believe um, that we are creating a community of folks um, of various backgrounds, experiences. Um, I know you're hearing, Susan, the, the um, diversity component of that and inclusivity component of that, but we're really creating a community um, where we believe um, folks will get um, the sustenance, not only the spiritual, but the personal, um, you know, um, pouring in and empowerment to be able to ultimately live their best life. Um, so we think that when you take the leap, you actually dare to imagine the possibilities um, for um, your life, whether it's your career, whether it's personally, whether it's relationally, um, whether it's, it's you know, other aspects of, of really how we live and move um, in this world, that when you take the leap to actually not only imagine um, the possibilities of what you can do, um, that that the world is limitless um, to you. So um, yeah, so now we have this this um, thriving ministry here in, in Philadelphia, and um, it has really been a source of um, sustenance for me. Um, it has um, been that community, um, and 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 I've been, always been a part of communities before this. Um, dare to imagine church, but um, you know, for me, this has been my um, my outlet, my source of perspective. Um, it allows me to um, regularly have communion and um, interface with folks from all walks of life, outside of law, um, outside of even, um, you know, a lot of the companies or organizations uh, 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 that I work with. Um, and it gives me an incredible sense of um, grounding, mindfulness. Um, you know, this is a community that, that has, um, in many ways, allowed um, me to, um, you know, have folks who will cheer you on, um, cheered right. me on with, with highs, um, and then they're there for you um, to encourage you even when you have low moments as well, and we all do. Let me just say something right there that I, I think it's so beautiful that you're sharing who you are as a human being, not just talking about what you do for a living, which is very powerful and important work. Let's, let's say that and be clear. But this, this community, this lifting others up, this, I am all about that. My listeners are all about that. We love this. Uh, it's too often that people feel alone and you're giving people not only an opportunity to connect with others, but to find their highest and best selves among um, others, like in that, in that community. I love not just the name, but you, you walk the walk. So um, thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. you know, it, it is journey. Um, and I think for me um, with, with all the identities, not only that I have, but frankly, we all have. Um, so, you know, I'm a woman. 
Um, I am a black woman. I am a black woman with, um, you know, African-American cultural understanding. I am a mom. Um, I think I'm a lawyer. Um, I think when you put all those together, um, you know, there are various times when um, definitely I have um, sought out and needed um, various communities of support. Um, And I think it's it's critically important um, for us to have that. Um, have it within the four walls of where we may be working, um, but certainly to have it outside as well. Let me ask you this. So um, I, I normally would ask a guest, what is your proudest professional or personal accomplishment? But you have so many. Um, I can't, you probably have a difficult time choosing, but you, you know, you have a robust family life, a beautiful family. You have a wonderful work life and then this community outside uh this dare to imagine church how i don't know how you'll choose to answer this question but what might you say is your proudest accomplishment oh um so i would say two things and will you let me do two absolutely (laughs) (laughs) all right so (laughs) so as a lawyer um my proudest uh, accomplishment um, in in practice um, as far as a result um, that I have can point to was really a um, pro bono case. Um, I represented with a team of, of other folks happened to we all happen to be women it was we called ourselves the trifecta the triad of women um, litigators at the time uh, we took on a pro bono case Um, and represented a woman that found herself in a detention facility. Um, This was in New York uh, at the time, years ago, right after 9-11 had happened and was in a detention facility because um, she had an expired um, student visa um, and was on the cusp of being deported um, back to Mali. Um, She came to the United States um, and came as a student, utilized um, that opportunity um, as really a vehicle to get out of Mali um, at the time um, because she was facing um, the prospect of FGM. And for folks who don't know what that is, um, it is a... um, um, procedure um, that has been recognized as torturous um, by the United Nations, um, and she um, was facing FGM, which is female genital mutilation, oh. um, if she was a, as a part of a tribal um, marriage ritual, if you will. Um, and um, we represented her. Um, we um, outlined what she was facing. We presented a very um, robust um, case uh, in, um, you know, before the what became the Department of Homeland Security, but at the time was Immigration Court, um, and, um, you know, was seemingly against the odds at the time, um, because this is post 9-11, this is New York, um, you know, there was a lot of influx around immigration law at the time, um, but my proudest moment um, was being able um, to um, help her gain asylum um, in the United States. Wow. She now has her green card. Um, she um, is incredibly grateful, um, but I got to, you know, speak with her mother, who is still there, um, her sister, who unfortunately had 
had undergone FGM. Um, she sends me gifts um, just to say thank you. Uh, it is an incredible moment, um, a, a proud moment you for me. Um, life in such a yeah. way. I have tears in my eyes. I did know what that meant. I wasn't sure my audience would. I, I'm glad you explained it. I don't. I think they need to go Google that. We're not. You know, it's it, it's horrendous, and it's why I started. Uh, what I do that that what you just said it's just I just can't believe you did this this woman is indebted you, to you forever I'm sure you're in her every prayer at night or all day and for the rest of her days uh, that's incredible I'm yeah so it's one of those that. moments where you know we we often over the course of our career at least those who are are, are lawyers often you know ask ourselves or remind ourselves of why we chose to go to law school or why yeah. we decided to go on this journey. And that was a moment when um, I, you know, was very joyful. Um, and I said, you know, this is why I went to law school. This is the I reason um, to be able to, to do this and to, you know, help somebody do this. I would say my other professional accomplishment is not a one one-time, you know, standalone case. Um, it's really, um, I guess where I am now, um, and that is being able to practice the type of law and have the type of career and be in the environment um, that allows me to bring the fullness um, of the experiences of who I am and what I've done um, to be able to do that um, in a career um, is something I'm very proud of. It's been a journey to get to the point where you're able to have the type of career and build the type of career um, that you feel that you've been preparing for all of your life, really. Um, so I'm really proud to be in this place. Yeah, I've never had a lawyer on that. I have many lawyers on as guests, but I've never had a lawyer on that focuses on what you focus on. And it's so needed. And you're probably very busy or wicked busy, as I would have said in Boston back in the day. But yeah, I love that you focus on this. You are changing the world. And isn't that why, you know, you mentioned being joyful and that, that pro bono case made you joyful. And I often point out to people that in this life, at least in our country, we all too often know entertainment, but rarely do we know true joy. And I believe mm, you mm -hmm. know true joy. Um, just in what you do for your professional life and that case that you did, uh, you know, pro bono work on. That was amazing. So tell the audience a little more about what you do. Uh, your practice is unique and different and special and much needed. It is. And, you know, there are a lot of folks who are in this um, ED&I, you know, equity, diversity and inclusion space um, in various ways. But um, what I do, um, you know, I am um, running a department um, uh, practice group, as we call it, um, that um, is really an assemblage of attorneys all across the country, um, expert trainers who may not be attorneys, um, data analysts, and, and a lot of folks who come to this work in different ways. And what we do is um, we support organizations of various size and structure and industry in their efforts um, to be able to have um, the type of diversity and inclusion 
oriented initiatives and programming um, that allows all folks um, within their organization and those who will be, become a part of their organization to succeed. So what does that mean? We, we help them to, um, we give them legal advice, you know, um, around the parameters of what they can, can and cannot do within the bounds of the law. But with that being said, um, we support their, um, you know, intentionality around trying to create the type of workplace and the type of workplace culture, um, and put in place the type of um, programs um, that and processes and systems that will, um, in reality, allow them um, to, you know, provide the type of opportunities for everyone. Um, and uh, it, it is um, incredible work. Um, it takes, you know, different forms. Um, you know, sometimes it's data analysis and, you know, how can we identify folks and create the climate that will allow people to identify themselves and, um, you know, how do we support employee resource groups or some of the inclusive um, um, practices that may be in place, um, how do we, um, you know, focus on recruitment um, as a tool to re be able to really acknowledge and see people um, and ensure that they're getting an opportunity to demonstrate what they can do. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, you, it seems to me that your firm and your department, I love that you called it that rather than a practice. I know that law firms call it practice, but as a business of law, which clearly Ogletree is, uh, you get to know the client's business. You understand their language, what they're trying to achieve. And I think so many companies out there have what they're calling, well, some don't have it at all, but some have what they're calling a DNI initiative or part of their strategic plan. And it's a side thought. It's an afterthought. It's a small, you know, it's not the main, they don't promote it as just who we are and how we are. It's something they said, oh, we have to do this. And they don't get the inclusion part right. So I've seen this time in time again where companies say we're focused on DNI. But when I pull back the curtain and I ask, well, who's getting paid for this work or who's getting the big assignment or I see this person on your brochure mm. or in the pitch team or on your website, but is that who's actually doing the work or getting the big assignment? And the answer is not always what I wish it would be. So you're helping companies to keep it real and to have a, a meaningful, robust DNI uh, initiative. Is that correct? It is. And of course, we do meet people where they are and meet organizations where they are. And everybody is not, um, you know, we have a continuum um, right. of, you know, sophistication and, and you know, where, where companies might be or organizations might be. Um, but we always begin, no matter where they are, um, by saying, well, we've, we've got to understand what is your business? What are your business goals? What is your strategic business plan? Um, because if your DNI initiative is going to be successful. Um, it actually has to be um, well integrated and implemented into your business. Yeah. Um, and we, you know, could find different ways to do that in a way that's, that works and resonates with whatever that organization is. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. That's where you have to start. You got to understand, you know, how, how is what we're doing and what we're proposing um, on the DNI front? How is it going to be, um, uh, uh, you know, integrated into your business? Because our premise is, is that we we really, um, if we acknowledge um, and value and respect um, 
you know, all of the folks that are within our organization um, and provide mechanisms to do that, um, then that is good for business. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's, I agree with you. That's really yeah. where we're coming from. It's not only the right thing to do, but it is good for the bottom line and it makes everyone um, respected and heard and not just the voice of the founders or the white males that run the companies. And I, and that's, those are my words because I focus on muted group theory, but um, yeah, mm -hmm. you're giving mm -hmm. a voice to everyone. I think it's fantastic. Well, somebody along the way uh, outside of your children and husband had to inspire you, or maybe you had a couple of mentors. I mean, I'm sure you're a mentor to others, but who has been your best inspirational mentor? Hmm. Um, I would have to say, my parents um, in different ways. Nice. Um, so my dad, um, you know, he's now um, deceased, um, but my earliest memories um, are really of this person, this um, black man um, who was born uh, in the segregated South, um, born in Birmingham, um, very much, um, you know, a part of the, um, um, the movement for civil rights um, and um, was the first person in his family um, to go to college, was the first person in his family to graduate from college, was the first person in his family to become a doctor. Um, and for me, set um, really the um, the trajectory in many ways of what I thought could be possible um, as a, you know, um, a little girl, um, a black little girl, um, and um, in many ways made um, what we would read about um, as far as dreaming and imagination of what we could become. He's the one who was the model and the, the daily reminder um, that a, a possibility. Um, in a lot of the work that I do now, he also was um, an example of a counter stereotype. Um, so, you know, when, um, you know, sometimes at different points in my career, you know, and we've all been there, um, you know, you're, you're presented with really the stereotype um, of what people believe you are. Um, and for me, um, he was the first example that, you know, what people may think about what a um, black person in America um, it, is he was not that. He was not the first um, uh, reference that many people would think when many people would think um, about what a um, um, black kid born in the 1940s from segregated Alabama would be. They would not think of a doctor. Um, and so, you know, for me, he was really um, an inspirational mentor to think um, of myself differently and not be afraid um, to present a counter narrative um, and to embrace the counter narratives and the, the you know, realities of what, you know, others may be, um, even if it doesn't fit in the box of what we might think they are. They are. So I think for me, he, he really set that trajectory. Um, the other person is my mother. Um, and my mother is different. Um, and I did not really appreciate my mother, um, I, I think, until I was um, well in my career and also navigating a career with children, um, ra actively raising children as well. And I didn't, um, you know, really understand her um, until I was in that place. Um, and I became, you know, much more um, 
thankful and grateful um, and appreciative um, for really how she had to navigate. Um, you know, she she was a, a stay-at-home mom at first. She was blessed to be able to do that, went back to school. Um, this was in the 60s, um, in seventy early 70s. Wow. Um, she went back to school. Um, she went to community college. She became a microbiologist. Wow. Um, she, um, you know, navigated part-time and full-time um, work. Um, she was, you know, actively raising us. Um, and uh, I, have a, I have a younger sister and brother. Um, and for me, just understanding more clearly the journey and how different her journey may have been than mine. Um, and, you know, some of the privileges that I have um, practicing law and, and the benefits that I have been able to take advantage of, I recognize she didn't have. And so for me, it was very inspirational. She's a really an inspirational mentor as to how do you navigate um, career and family and um, presenting and trying to put your best foot forward. Um, but understanding that, you know, there are turns and twists and bumps along the way as well. So um, those are my personal inspirational mentors. And obviously I have, have a lot of mentors along the way, um, yeah. you know, it's as well. To me, like they are remarkable human beings and that um, without, you know, you were able to view their leading by example, living by example of, you know, giving you a path forward for yourself, you know, so uh, did they get to know your children? I wanted to ask you that. Yes. Yeah, so um, my father um, was he got to know our oldest, um, the one who's off at college now. Um, so he, he knew him and um, was uh, introduced to our daughter, the 14-year-old. He got to meet her. Um, and he did not meet our youngest. Um, my mom is still um, thriving. You know, awesome. she's now retired. Um, so she, she, you know, regularly embraces um, her grandchildren. So they all know her so quite well important. and have the benefit of knowing her. Yeah, that's where I was just going with that. It's so important to have that uh, storyline, you know, that family storyline. Um, well, you know that, I, I know you don't know everything about me, but you know a little bit about me. And the reason I have this podcast is I believe in lifting women. Um, mm -hmm. So how would you advise, I'm sure you have some great tips and tactical measures as well as you know, your vision to lift women and support women in business. What, do, what is your advice? Yeah, so I have, you know, a lot of, of tidbits. Um, so I think fundamentally, probably at an individual level, um, I like to tell women two things. Um, and then I've obviously from an a organizational or systems um, standpoint, there are other things um, that I focus on as well. But from an individual standpoint, I think the two tidbits that I, I try to live by is one, um, answer the call or the email. So when a woman is reaching out to you, um, answer her call, respond oh, to the email. Um, you know, we are all busy um, and very, very busy, um, but try to answer the call in the email. It could just be that 30 seconds, minute, two minutes of conversation could, you know, really reset, um, you know, her career. It could reset the trajectory of how she views her career. So answer the call or the email. And then the second um, tidbit is I always say, tell the truth. Um, tell the truth. 
um, you know, um, things haven't always been easy um, in our careers um, or what you've had to be able to do um, and put in place in, in our lives to be able to be successful or to navigate your career, tell it, um, honor it, um, and tell, tell her the truth. Yeah. So yeah. Brene Brown calls that owning your story. Um, I, I call it bringing your whole self to life. Yes. Yeah, I love that. This is great. I've never had a guest tell me that they, they take the call or take the meeting or yeah, that's so meaningful. So a lot of people out there, women included, are, you know, let's be heard and let's respect others and have their voices heard, but then they don't take the call. So I love that yeah. you're, you're definitely walking the walk. Um, that's so meaningful. Can you tell us something um, maybe that was a setback or a challenge and how you overcame that? Yeah, so um, definitely not where I am now, um, but I will say it helped catapult me to where I am now um, and, you know, where, really where I see myself going. So my biggest challenge or setback, I would say, I will put, put under the category of not knowing my full value um, and making others understand the full value of what I brought to the table, all the skills, the talents um, that I could bring to the table. Um, I didn't always acknowledge um, or really understand, um, you know, my voice, my experience, um, my skill set, and, um, you know, and did not allow myself to be in a situation where I force others. So I would say my biggest challenge or setback was really staying in a, um, a job too long um, that did not value me um, and value not only my voice, but specifically the skills, the experiences um, that I had. Um, and I got too comfortable. Um, and, um, you know, I was presented with an opportunity, um, you know, actually to, to you know, uh, um, manage a campaign, a political campaign. I was a campaign manager um, for a candidate for U.S. Congress. Um, happened to be my husband. He decided to run for Congress. And I wow. saw that as an opportunity to, to grow and to stretch. Um, so I stepped out of the practice of law to do that. And it was really during that time when I said, you know, um, I think I've been in a situation that has not really valued yeah. the fullness of all that I bring to the table. And yeah. I'm going to look at, look at my career differently. Um, and so um, I think for me, overcoming it was stepping out, um, reassessing and saying, you know, what do I want to do? And how do I want to do it? And can I find um, a um, an organization um, that will allow me to do what I feel that I can really, um, you know, accomplish in my career? And um, you know, and that's really, um, you know, it was a journey. Um, but I think that is a challenge and it's a setback when we don't really understand for ourselves and then hold others accountable to recognize the value of what we bring to the organization. I agree. I have to tell you, of all the women that I interview, um, more than the men, uh, it's it's a common thread. We don't, and and I think you and I had a brief conversation before this podcast. I was saying the same thing. I fail to um, impart the value of what I bring to organizations. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so I think we all do that. We we undervalue ourselves, or at least we don't uh, put that message of good and that we can do out there. So it, it's a thing, you know, there are lots of books written on that. Um, 
I find I'm very confident. It's not about that. It's just that we, right. you know, if a woman uh, says something, you know, that's pretty aggressive or assertive, people say, oh, she's so self-promoting. But if a man does it, oh, he's so confident in his skills and abilities. He's hired, you know, so I agree. Yeah. We need to better know our um, message and to love ourselves. I mean, how is anyone else going to love us? And I say love in the way of, you know, getting hired for a job or, or something positive in your life. How will that come to you if you don't feel that way about yourself and share that message? So I'm glad that you went through that experience. I, I would love to meet you and your husband. Um, I, I'm oh, very, well, wonderful. Yeah, I'm very And I, I would say, I would also say, you know, so for me, you know, the confidence code, you know, that yeah. book, um, um, I think it's, um, uh, Caddy or Katie Kay and um, Claire yes. Shipman, I think that I think they You're wrote right. the book. Exactly. Um, was was really important for me to to really understand because it's you know we often we know who we are, um, but being in a position and maybe it is being in a position. Um, so I acknowledge there's a privilege in that as well, um, but holding others um, to understand what it is that we bring to the table, whether it's in negotiation, um, whether it's in advocating for ourselves um, to get um, credit or value for the work that we've done, um, you know, but oftentimes we, you know, may know um, what we need and what we bring to the table, um, but we're just not either in a position or don't have the voice um, or just frankly, maybe not in an organization that will hear that voice um, to really advocate um, for, you know, um, that recognition or, or ensuring that we're holding organizations accountable, um, you know, to value what we bring to the table. Um, so, you know, that's, that's been it. a journey. I love the confidence code. I was going to mention the book and didn't. I'm glad that you did. It's a fantastic book. It, it speaks not just to so many women, but for so many women. And I will tell you this. Um, I always remind my clients that the receiver makes meaning of the message. So you just said an important statement when you said whether the company hears your value or gets your value or, um, you know, hears your voice. That's also important. You know, whether you have your own voice and you put it out there and you speak your truth and you know and love and respect yourself and you share that self with the world is one thing, but also the listener has to be open to hearing your message. So it's a, it's a definite um, dance that we do too, not often enough, actually. We don't do it often enough, really. Um, so tell mm -hmm. us something surprising. I mean, everything you've said has been surprising to me. Like you're not my, um, you know, you're, you're very special and unique. You've had a really wonderful, multifaceted, robust life from politics and religion and all those things that so many find scary to the practice of law, which a lot of people find scary as well, to the goodness that, that you've made out of all of that and the goodness that has come to you from all of that. So tell us something surprising that we don't know. Huh, well, um, so I am, I guess there are a lot of surprising things, um, but um, I'll give this one. So um, you know now about this world outside of um, um, my practice um, of law or my career um, that's grounded in the church, but I find many people have very, um, you know, different views of what a quote-unquote church um, looks like, sounds like, 
um, in many ways. So a surprising fact, at least for some folks who know me from that world, is so I was born and raised in Northern California. Um, I love wine. <laughs> so, uh, so for people who see me, you know, um, on the church side, they say, oh, she's drinking wine. I say, yes, I am. And I'm enjoying it thoroughly. Um, I, so I, I enjoy wine. <laughs> I do too. And I'll tell you what, I did not know you were from Northern California. That's fantastic. So that's where I am right now. And I too love wine. And I, I'll say, I make no bones about it. Christ drank wine. <laughs> I'm okay with that. So uh, now we know, okay, folks, the holidays are coming up and you know what, you know, Kimia likes now, send her a bottle of wine. Um, let's enclose. Yes, now. a good glass of, of um, you know, a nice white um, wine um, can usually get you a lot of points in my book. <laughs> not that I'm, not that I'm asking, not that I'm asking. I got you, I got you. So if people want to reach you, I know that you're so beautiful to have said that you take the call. What if someone wants to reach you? How do they reach you? Email, phone, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. So um, the best way is email. Um, I'm on social media as well. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Kenya Johnson. Um, on LinkedIn, um, a lot of people um, IM me or reach me that way, um, if nothing else. Um, I, um, of course, am also reachable um, by my work email. That's the one I see the most. Um, and um, that one's kemia.johnson at ogletree.com. So um, please reach out. And um, I do take the call. I can't say that I can respond in five minutes to everybody, but I will respond. That is awesome. So I, I love one that you said you do take the call and I love too that then you gave your number. So you really do um, show up in full. You are amazing. Uh, I, I often tell my guests, I loved having you here and I mean it every time, but I've never, uh, you know, you're so multifaceted. You're really incredible, remarkable, lots of secrets, things you don't, things we learn today that we don't read about you on LinkedIn or, you know, in the professional networking world or on your website at work, you know, so, so glad to have you and, and so thankful to you for sharing your story. And as my listeners know, we will take this podcast and we will sync it into a blog about you. So we'll have lots of pictures and if you have videos or, you know, uh, other media that you would like me to put in there, please feel free to share because we love to see who you really are outside, inside, at work, at home, etc. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Susan. And thank you so much for providing this beautiful platform. Um, you don't have to do it. And I am, you know, so um, honored to be able to present a little window into my story. But, you know, you really provide a platform for so many women um, and women in business um, to be able to, um, I guess, open the windows. Um, and I just really wanted to um, say thank you for the work that you do. Aw, that means a lot. That means a lot. Well, thank you everyone out there listening and we will see you soon. So have a great day, everybody. <laughs>